Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and if you want to start or grow a thriving coaching business, this is the place to be. Join me every Monday for inspiration and action when I interview top coaches and expert entrepreneurs who share strategies and secrets for building a successful business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Today, we're speaking with Lauren Midgley. Lauren is a business strategist, best-selling author, and powerhouse professional speaker. She started her company, Lauren Midgley Consulting, in 2010 after a 25-year career with two Fortune 500 companies. She's a longtime observer of why some people are successful and others are not. Productivity, self-discipline, and accountability play a huge part in getting results. She works with high-achieving individuals to focus on exactly what needs to happen next to get results in their personal and professional life. The focus is on basic business principles, systems, productivity, performance factors, and profits to get results. Her third book became an Amazon bestseller. It's 6 a.m. and I'm already behind. (laughs) Strategies to get caught up. I think we all feel that way sometimes, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining me today. Glad to be here, Millette. Thanks so much for having me. Well, before we jump into more about your business, I would love it if you would tell us just a little bit about you, maybe some of the things you like to do when you're not busy working. All right. Well, sounds good. Well, I am a reader, a huge reader, love to read, and uh, mostly my library is business library. So I'm one of those that uh, it is fascinating to me to see what's coming out next uh, from our, you know, big uh, thought leaders that are out there in the marketplace. But, you know, I'm not a total nerd. <laughs> so I do enjoy, uh, you know, being with my kids. I have a, a long time uh, uh, companion, uh, significant other, whatever you want to call it, and uh, enjoy just being with them. Just got back from uh, a football game out at Texas Tech where my daughter attends. Oh, nice. So I love doing lots of different things, but in my downtime, I am studying and reading and just working on personal development. Oh, very cool. I think a lot of people who are entrepreneurs kind of do that because when I look over at the stack of books that I have, if they're not business, they're personal development. And I actually joined a book club just so that I would get back into reading some fiction occasionally. Yes, that escape, right? (laughs) Exactly. So we all love to be inspired by people's journey. And the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your journey. So I said in the intro that you started your company in 2010. So tell us a little bit more about your business, um, the coaching aspect of it. You know, what really led you to get into that? Well, it's interesting, Millette. I had been in a company, worked for them for 17 years, and it was a franchise company. And my role was to help our franchisees grow their business. So myself and my department, um, we were kind of the franchise consultants. And, you know, in, in that process, we were coaching our franchisees on how to grow and build their business. Um, and I loved that aspect of it. Um, I learned coaching. I call it on-the-job training. I would work with these business owners, and we would just dig into their business plan, what they were interested in, and how um, 
you know, where they wanted to go, what they wanted that business to do for them. And so I decided in 2010 that I had been doing a fair amount of traveling. That time my kids were just heading into high school and I knew that they were going to be, you know, gone from my life in college and life beyond not too long after that. So I made the decision, you know, myself voluntarily to leave the corporate world and start my own business, kind of doing what I had been doing with the franchisees, but to do it here locally in the Dallas area with small business owners. So kind of taking what I had learned on the job, if you will, and applying it in um, in a local format. And it worked really well. But I will tell you, it was interesting. Big difference between being a salaried employee at a corporation helping individuals versus now I'm a coach and now I'm doing business development and selling myself and my skills in order for people to hire me. Yeah, that's the thing is it's like a lot of people make that leap from corporate or from being an employee, not necessarily in corporate, but it's like most people have been employed somewhere. And then you'd make that shift to where you're the boss and it's all on you to motivate yourself and to get yourself up and get going. And the thing is, is a lot of times we don't do that good of a job or maybe we just don't know how. That's a big part of it. That really truly is a big part of it. So in the early stages for me, I did a lot of, lot of local networking because I just mm. wanted to really learn who, who was out there and who were potential businesses that might need my services. Right. So when you were doing the networking, did you find that that was really the key to to you sort of getting dug in on your business? Was that sort of like a big benefit to you? Absolutely. Well, because it also gave me an idea of what were the diverse businesses at, that were out there and what were people in business, you know, making a living doing. And so that it helped me to see that broad perspective. But what I also found out there, Millette, was that there were a lot of people that were, let's say, um, really trying to do a business, but they weren't doing it well. And, and I found that a lot of them really didn't have money to hire me. So that was kind of right. interesting. You know, it's, it was, they were barely <laughs> scraping. They needed me, right? But they were barely scraping by, um, and could not necessarily afford me. So I had to kind of look at things a little bit differently and figure that out, but met a lot of great people along the way, looked at a ton of different business models as to how people were making a living and making money. Yeah. I think that's really interesting that. So many people approach networking, you know, almost like just as a way to, to get business. And I think that maybe when you come at it from that perspective of I'm going in here to this group of warm bodies and by golly, I'm signing somebody up. That's not nearly as beneficial to your business as when you can go in and just learn from people, maybe get some of that. Intel, if you will, for your business and sort of keep the lines of communication open that there may be some opportunities to work, but maybe not going in with that being your sole purpose. Exactly. It was really more about building the relationships. And, and along the way, um, what was interesting. So I started my business in July of 2010, but along the way, it was probably, I want to say in 2011, about a year later, a little bit more than a year later, I realized that 
if I were to get comfortable with public speaking with my message in front of business groups and business owners, then I would have a better chance of sharing, you know, who I am, what I'm what my message was about, which was to help business owners grow their business. And I was, I was able to market, let's call it one to many. So instead of, you know, networking and trying to get that one on one relationship going, I could be in front of a group of people, share my message. And what I found with that Millette was that, um, you know, maybe about 30% of the group would kind of get what I was talking about and, and figure out that it applied to them. And, and then ultimately we would connect after that, you know, session or that meeting, right? Um, about one third of the group, they were like, hmm, interesting information, Lauren, not sure if it really applies to me or not. And then the other third of the group was, yeah, she's not really for me or the content didn't really, you know, motivate them to action. I loved your uh, comment early on about inspiration and action. So um, mm-hmm. about 2011, 2012, I started using public speaking, small groups to networking groups and things like that as a way to just become more visible as a coach and, you know, and communicate to people, here's, you know, here's what I do. Here's information that you need to know about your business on how to build it. And oh, by the way, maybe I might be the solution to help you in your business. So it was an interesting strategy to um, move forward in attracting clients. Right. Well, I think a lot of coaches will get into speaking for that reason to broaden the scope of the people that they can get in front of to do, like you said, the one to many, and then also to sort of have that credibility or the authority. When you're the person up there speaking, people unconsciously look to you as the expert or as the authority on the subject because they're the ones sitting down in the chair and you're the one up there leading the discussion. So it sort of lends itself to helping a coach build up their credibility. It really did make a difference of, you know, being the best kept secret versus, you know, a little bit less of a best kept secret, right? Uh, and, and getting out there. Um, and it, I really did find that it helped to connect with people because, you know, if you're telling the right stories and you really are, um, have, let's say a skill set in a particular area, then, you know, people that need that or see you as the solution, they're going to make their way to you and find you. Um, you know, you kind of laughed at my uh, title of my book and, and that it was designed really to do that because it was, you know, it's 6am and I'm already behind strategies to get caught up. It, it, you know, it was kind of like, you know, people, as I, I began speaking, I really spoke on the topic of productivity and, and how that impacted their life, right. As a business owner. And, mm-hmm. um, and then ultimately, you know, I wanted to be that, you know, coach or consultant that would help them realize that this is, you know, an area that you've got to, you know, get right first and, and, the, and then the rest will follow. But, you know, it is kind of interesting, you know, um, do I think I'm a total expert on productivity? Yeah, not necessarily. There's a lot of people out there that talk on it and have written a lot of books as well. But um, I certainly do study it and study how time impacts other people. Well, one thing that you said, which was if you have the right story, and I think that's what that's what makes people chuckle at 
the title of that book because they see themselves in it. They know that they have woke up at 6 a.m. and been like, geez, I'm, I just I might as well go back to bed. I, there's nothing I can do. I'm so far behind already. And I think that that aspect of storytelling is something that coaches can really use to their advantage because people are throwing around this term, you know, no like and trust. And Honestly, it's one of those things that I'm almost getting tired of hearing, but it's so true. You have to get people to know you. And then one of the best ways for that, I think, is by drawing them into your story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's really, I have to tell you a quick story about that was I had this one lady come up to me and say, so Lauren, are you suggesting that I get up at 4 a.m. so I get caught up before 6? Oh, geez. And I just kind of <laughs> looked at her and I was like, no, that's really not kind of the idea. You know, I said, it's really more the the chronic being behind and feeling overwhelmed and overcommitted and, you know, in, in, in how you're showing up that way. And I was like, no, you don't have to get up at 4, you know, <laughs> and so it, so it, but you're right. You know, people do see themselves in the story. And, you know, and so it's one of those things for coaches to think about how do they share their story, their content, you know, be it through a blog or a video or speaking. But it's, uh, it's those stories that really connect us with other people. And then what's interesting is then build the relationship. You know, I've had people come up to me that, you know, I'm, I'm speaking at one venue and, and then somebody will come up to me and say, well, you know, I saw you speak before and, you know, I read your book and, you know, and then they start, they feel like they know me, which they mm-hmm. do because, you know, you, with a book or, you know, a blog, whatever, you open yourself up to here's who you are and here's the message that you're trying to get out there to help people. Because, you know, when I look at a coach, a coach is, you know, really trying to help someone from where they are to get them to where they want to go, right? And so it's that gap in between. And, you know, if you've got the right coach, they're going to walk you through the steps to get you from where you are to where you want to go, right? And, but that whole no like, and trust, you know, I, I believe, Millette, if you do not have the chemistry with somebody as as a coach, I mean, you're not going to get to that trust level. And that's where the magic happens, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you've talked a lot about the speaking. So would you say that that was really what gave you the momentum to, to really get your business off the ground? Or was there some other tipping point that you would like to share with us? Well, you know what? I think the speaking for me really was the tipping point mm-hmm. in that key area I think it did for me was build my confidence to let me know that I could connect with individuals. And I said, you know, it might be 30, 50% of the audience that would come up to you afterwards or that would, you know, say, Hey, I want to stay connected with you or let's talk further kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was, that was really the difference because when I was networking and trying to do business development or get, you know, introductions, it was, a little bit rougher going, if you will. So for me, just, and again, not everybody is a public speaker, um, but it's, you know, it's a skill that can be learned. And 
you know, I think when you show up on in front of the room or on stage and you're just authentic and you're being, you know, real and you about your message, you know, it can be really powerful. So it was a tipping point. I think the second one was, um, this hardcover book that I, that we've been talking about. Um, it real, that one really did help me get, uh, more clients because mm-hmm. again, it gave a little bit more of a, ooh, I see Lauren as a solution. Because that's right. what people are really looking for. I mean, you don't wake up this morning and say, oh, I need a coach. You know, you mm-hmm. wake up thinking, I got this problem in my life I need to get fixed, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. so I, I, I'm looking to solve the problem. And, and you know, and how do I get there? And the coach is one of the ways to make that happen, right? Well, I think that's interesting because a lot of times as coaches, we will sit back and say, okay, what are the things that I need to do? to be successful in business. Well, I need to write a book. I need to get out there and speak. I need to fill in the blank so that I look like the authority, so that I look like I have credibility. But the thing is, really, yes, we do need to do a lot of these things, a lot of different things, but it's not all about us. We really have to keep in mind that these things that we're doing are really just to show the people that we want to work with that we understand their problem. We know what their pain is and we have ways to help them solve it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what you're really doing, I think, is trying to position yourself as the go-to person. So right. if so, if, so, if you're thinking of, let's say you're a, a health and wellness type of coach, right? And you're in a particular geographic area, particular city. You want to f- figure out how do you become that go-to person that everybody's talking about? I mean, like there's a gentleman that's in the Dallas area and happens to be a really good friend of mine. He does speaking and workshops and things like that. Well, he's the go-to person on LinkedIn. And so Mm. if you think about, and so does he coach people and consult with people on LinkedIn? Absolutely. But he's worked hard to get to that, you know, go-to status, if you will. So most of your business is local or do you do anything online? Um, I have done online webinars in the past, um, but Mm -hmm. I also travel uh, nationally and I also have some clients that I do coach online as well so that we use Skype um, and we work on their business. Um, So they are not all in the Dallas area. Do you think that that's really a good first step for any coach to try to really get into a a local niche first and then sort of branch out and and get online is is that something that you feel pretty good about I do I think it's one path and you know I I think as you know there's not one way to do anything right there's multiple ways to do it and so you've got to figure out what's best for you but for me the the being local was it was a lot easier. I could identify the networking groups. I could identify um, the people who were looking for speakers, right? But what it did was mm-hmm. it kind of goes back to two things um, that led to a third thing. And so visibility um, and confidence built my confidence up. And then, um, and then I think what that led to ultimately were referrals, because mm-hmm. because people did see like well, if you want to grow your business and grow your profits you know Lauren is a good solid business coach 
business strategy, she knows how to make that happen. She's going to look at your business and dissect it, etc. And so I got referrals from people. So example, I would, you know, run into at the networking groups, I would run into life coaches. And I would say, well, Mm -hmm. I don't really do life coaching. And so we would partner up. And so if somebody needed a life coaching, I would, you know, refer them to this other person. And vice versa, if there was a business owner that really wanted to work on their business, they would refer me. So I'm a big believer in, I call it adjacent business, you know, marketing, if you will. So, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. a life coach and I'm a business coach, we might, you know, we might really partner up and work well together because we're not going after the same clients, if you will, right? Um, right. But it's just another person and from a referral standpoint that's out there, eyes and ears, and, you know, you're established, you specialize in X and I specialize in Y. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. A lot of people tend to look at other coaches, whether it's their niche or not, they tend to look at other coaches a, a little bit more like competition mm-hmm. or just someone to be a little leery of as far as, you know, don't give out any secrets or don't tell them what you're doing. And I I think that it really works better for everybody to sort of get into more of that collaborative mindset. You know, how can we help each other? How can, how can we work together in some way? Absolutely. And, you know, I, again, I like to, some of my best friends in this Dallas area are some business coaches and, and, Mm -hmm. and we know one another. And, and again, it goes back to chemistry because ultimately when that client hires you, it's because they feel like they know you, like you and trust you. And, you know, a woman business owner might feel more comfortable with me as a woman business owner, you know, business coach rather than a guy, Mm -hmm. but, you know, and vice versa. And so, you know, so I want to be able to, if if I'm not the right fit or the right chemistry, then I want to refer that to one of my other business coach buddies. And I believe, you know, in karma that what goes around comes around, right? <laughs> and, and so it's, it's, you know, we're not for everybody. You know, we're, you know, we think we might be a good fit for everybody, but we're not. And we have to realize that. And, um, the more to me, you know, so I always like to say, you know, I, this is what I do as a business coach, but here's the area I specialize in. And so my mm-hmm. specialty might be different than a another business coach's specialty. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah. so like example, um, I have a business coach friend that really, he digs in on operations and inventory and all that, you know, all that other, well, I have no experience with that whatsoever. And so if mm-hmm. I run across a client that really needs that, I just, I'm the first one out and saying, you know what, that's not my area, uh, but I do know somebody you should talk to. And so I think it's one of those things that, you know, how we become unstoppable is that we just keep, you know, persisting and going and talking and trying to build relationships with, you know, almost everybody that we can and then be that resource, you know, to refer out to other people, to other resources that we know in our network. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'd like to go back and talk about your book a little bit, because in the introduction, I said that this was your third book. So talk a little bit about how did you get started with writing a book? You know, what got you thinking about that? And and just give us a little more info on that aspect of your business. 
Well, what I found, so again, it relates a little bit to the speaking. What I found was there was that I was kind of saying the same things over and over and over again when I was speaking. And um, one of the things I do when I speak is I record, I audio record it for me so that I can go back and, you know, audience interaction, that kind of thing. Well, ultimately, what I found was I had a lot of, let's say, information and tips. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so the way that I structured the book, it was pretty, um, it was, I started with the table of contents and said, okay, well, if I'm writing to a specific person to tell them how to be more productive, you know, what would I say? Right. So I pulled some of my, you know, information from my coaching sessions with, co- with other people, some of the speaking, and I began to just write out the, you know, well, I would do this, right? And I would, you know, I would focus on the top two to three things on a daily basis. So I began writing out the, you know, like the 30 strategies. And to start out with, I actually had more than that, right? But I narrowed it down. And then I went back and I said, okay, on this one strategy, what would I write? What would I say? And then I, what came to mind for me was kind of a case study or an example. And Mm -hmm. so I put that in there as well. And so it's very... I'm going to call it a conversational book. It's short bits and bites. So you can pick it up, you can put it back down. But the idea here was that that book added to my overall credibility, if you will, and helped me to get speaking engagements and help me get coaching clients. Um, and so to me, I think a lot of people are afraid of writing a book, but yet mm-hmm. we have content inside that we know we, you know, I call it Laurenisms, you know, things that we say all the time. And it's like, how do you get that kind of capture it? And, um, you know, when people ask me to, I don't coach on how to write a book, but I, I do offer, you know, thoughts of people, friends who ask, and I'll just say, open up a Word doc and just, you know, pretend that you're writing just the table of contents. What would be the big chapters of the big topics, if you will? And all of this, by the way, is, you know, nonfiction. I, you know, I would be lost, hopelessly lost in writing fiction, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, just what would be the big things that you would say? And then, you know, and, and I've, I've seen people that actually do kind of mind mapping and um, where mm-hmm. they'll say, here's my central idea. And then here's all the sub points off of that, whatever. And, uh, and then, you know, ultimately got a, I got a good editor because I'm not, you know, I'm not the world's greatest writer or, you know, the best at grammar. Um, and so the editor helped clean that up. And, um, and so it was, uh, it, it, it's, I want to say like writing a book is not hard. It's just that there's a lot of steps to follow and do takes a bit of time and discipline. Well, Lauren, one of the things that I think is really interesting for coaches is I think you and you you mentioned it earlier that we already have a lot of content. I mean, most people, whether they're a podcaster and they have podcast episodes, whether they blog and they have blog posts or even just the tips and tricks that they share on social media or the speeches that they give, everybody as a coach, you're going to have some sort of content. So you really already have a basis that you can start to look at and start to think about what in here really has performed well. What has the most comments? What have people shared the most? What have people talked to me about the most? And you might just have the beginnings of a a book that you can put together. Absolutely. And my first book was called Successfully Failing at Procrastination. And that was 
was exactly it. It was, I took my blogs and um, kind of compiled them together. I didn't publish just the blogs and put it into a book format, but that was the basis of it. And when I, when I think honestly about what was the basis of the blogs, I, if I were as, you know, if I thought back about a conversation with I, that I had with one of my coaching clients, like even last week, it was like, what was, and, and I'll give you an example. One was, um, where she was, uh, chronically rescheduling, right? That, so I was coaching mm-hmm. her from a productivity standpoint on that she was chronically rescheduling. It was impacting her work, you know, how people looked at her and she really wanted, my help in figuring that out, right? So we dove into it and, you know, dug deep on it. Well, ultimately, I wrote a blog about that. I didn't use her name and I didn't use her exact situation, but I took that situation and then put it into more what I would call a generic or a general format and thinking about, you know, the population in general. If you're a chronic rescheduler, you know, here's some things that you may want to consider doing, right? So Mm -hmm. I I took the, let's call it the problem um, that this client had, but I took the problem, made it into kind of a, you know, general couple of paragraphs to describe the problem, trying to, again, find that tribe that would relate to that, like, yeah, raise my hand, I'm a chronic rescheduler, right? And then, mm-hmm. and then offer like, th- you know, three things that would help them to do that. And that became my blog, my blogs, if you will, because right. it was, it was something that was it was easy to write on, most importantly, because it was fresh in my mind, right? I had just helped her and we talked about those three things and probably a few more, right? But it was right. fresh in my mind. So it, you know, I'm one of those that I can sit down at a blank piece of paper and write on something that's fresh in my mind or a problem that I've been thinking about or a problem that I just saw or a situation, you know, that I just solved, right? For somebody, mm-hmm. I can, that's easily to knock that out. If I, if I, you know, just kind of think of this random topic and I've got a blank piece of paper, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could sit there with that blank piece of paper for a long time. <laughs> Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, it's going to stay blank. <laughs> yeah, it's going to stay blank. So, you know, from a coaching standpoint, if you're not blogging and, um, or doing, you know, some sort of posts on LinkedIn or something like that, um, you know, just think about what's fresh and, and allows you to, you know, just, and it, you know, it could be 200 words. It doesn't have to be 500 or 2000. It just kind of gets started. It could, I mean, if you look at Seth Godin's uh, blog, they're short, sweet, simple, and not long, but, you know, write, mm-hmm. very, write very concisely too. That works as well. Yeah. I think that's really a great piece of advice. Particularly for people, you know, I don't know if you've ever done any of not really personality testing, but like the Strengths Finder and DISC. You know, well, on DISC, I'm a refiner. So I, I'm not like this strictly creative person, but if I have something that kind of gets me kicked off, I can take an idea and then run with that really, really easily. And I think for a lot of people, that's like a perfect piece of advice to start using the things that come up in your coaching. If you have trouble, just 
thinking of blog post ideas or just thinking of content ideas, use the stuff that comes up in your coaching to kind of get you kicked off on a topic. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, and, in, and I will share with you too, um, again, going back to thinking about what you do consistently as a coach or what comes natural for you to realize that it may not be natural for everybody else. So it, so right. if, and again, uh, you know, so that's where, again, where you're sharing your wisdom. Um, so I'll give you an example. When I was in corporate, one of the things that we did in our department that was a consistent process and everybody kind of loved it was we called it the start, stop and continue. Not an original idea on my part, but it was something that we implemented, but it was on a quarterly basis. So what project should we start doing? What should we stop doing? You know, maybe reports or, you know, something and or what should we continue? So it was really looking at that. Well, ultimately, I, you know, when I work with my coaching clients, that's one thing, that's a process that I consistently do, right? Well, again, maybe it might be of benefit to write a blog about that as to why that's a great thing, you know, a, a great process or procedure or whatever to do. So as a coach, if you think about what you do consistently comes natural to you, um, again, it's just a way to create content and share your wisdom with others in a broader sense. Yeah, absolutely. So Lauren, one thing that I want to learn a little bit more about is how do you use your book? Um, you did mention that that's, that's kind of lended some credibility. Maybe it's helped you get some speaking engagements or just, you know, made you look pretty good to those people that are giving out those speaking engagements. You know, well, when you're a best-selling author, that makes a difference a lot of times. So what are some of the ways that you found to use your book, like within your coaching business? So within my coaching business, um, well, first of all, whenever I meet with a prospect, like a coaching prospect, I always take a complimentary copy of the book. It's a hardcover book. It retails for $24.95. The perceived value is, you know, more than what I paid for it, right? So I mm -hmm. see it as a calling card. And so to me, it's one of those things of, you know, here, so I use that initially to, you know, here's some uh, productivity tips that might help you, right? So I always bring it, you know, to a prospect meeting. Um, and uh, I use it um, when I go to networking events. So I have a box of books in my car and I always bring it in as a giveaway gift. Even if I'm not mm -hmm. the speaker, I'll find the speaking, the organizer of the meeting and say, Hey, if you're giving out gifts, here's, you know, here's my book free and here you go. You know, let's, you know, pick somebody in the audience. So what does that do for me? That helps me get more visibility. If people didn't know me, if I only, you know, met four or five people that day, you know, it obviously helped with that. Um, I uh, have an active campaign where I send it out complimentary to people. I have a really nice piece of letterhead and a white box that I put it into. So if, you know, I'm at, I'm looking at um, speaking with somebody uh, about their business, I might send a complimentary gift to their business and say, Dear Millette, you know, I know you've got a, you know, $3 million business. You've been in the, you know, spa world in the Dallas area. You're a, you know, well-known businesswoman in this community. Love to have a conversation with you about your business and, um, you know, and how, what challenges you might be having. So I use it as a complimentary gift. 
Um, when I'm mm-hmm. speaking, when I do speaking engagements, um, sometimes my fee will include like 100 free books for attendees. So I just spoke example for L'Oreal and um, they wanted all of their sales team to have a copy of the book. And so, um, which was awesome. So oh, those nice. were, you know, autographed in advance and, and provided. And then, you know, um, uh, you know, so I will actually incorporate some element in that situation, some elements of the chapters in my book. You know, I'll tell some stories and or some highlights of here's a couple of strategies that, you know, to, to, you know, focus on. So I'm always talking about, you know, how the book kind of works into it. But, you know, if I think about how many I've sold, so I, I'm on Amazon, obviously, right? But I also have hard copy inventory, you know, at my house. Um, and mm-hmm. so, um, my belief is, you know, if I give half away and I sell half, that's awesome. Because to me, the book is mm-hmm. the calling card. It's a business card for me. A little bit more expensive than a normal business card, but in, so I, I'm not handing it out <laughs> to everybody, but to me, it's, it's a, um, what I call a standout factor. And I think in the coaching world, um, there's so many coaches that are out there that, you know, one of the things that you have to look for is what's your differentiator? How can you stand out and, um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, be a little bit, you know, a step above, if you will. Well, I think that's a really interesting idea because, Especially nowadays where it's so easy to publish your own book, to do the self-publishing and to be able to have that book. And most people will just go with getting it on Amazon, maybe having a soft cover. You know, I think taking that extra step of going ahead and getting the hardcover is a good way to differentiate yourself. Absolutely. And I will tell you, the hardcover does get attention because there's a lot of authors that are out there that have some great content and great information. But, you know, hardcover self-published, you know, puts you into the realm. And if it's really a good looking hardcover, um, it, then it's, it's, it, meaning it's like you look like kind of one of the big boys, the big ladies, if you will, so to speak. And, um, it just, it really just, well, it, it, you know what it really defines, honestly, Millette, is that you are committed to what you're doing. It's kind of like on the topic of me coaching people on their mm-hmm. business, it's what I do all day long. Right. And, um, so to me, I'm fully committed and, and I'm going to use right. all the tools that I can in my, to build my business to show that I'm fully committed. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think that's, that's really a great idea for people that are in the position to be able to take that step and make that investment in their business because, I mean, it really is just a little bit of a differentiator because nowadays, and I don't want to downplay the idea of coaches putting books out because that's really important. I think that's something that's a really good thing to have, even if you start out with a a soft copy of the book. I mean, that's great to be able to use, to have it, like you said, as sort of a calling card. You should absolutely do that. 
But if you get to that point where you're able to take that next step and make that investment into your business, I think a hardcover book, it really just sort of puts a little cherry on top. It's really nice. Absolutely. And just if I can get, you know, into logistics and a real technical point, the thought is if you have created the, you know, the Word document book, if you will, you get it formatted, edited and formatted, it gets turned into a PDF. The PDF is what gets sent to CreateSpace, which is part of Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. The interior pages. And then you create a PDF, which is going to be your book cover. Well, at that point, you're 85% of the way done on a hardcover, meaning mm-hmm. you already have the PDF. You already have both of the PDFs done. Um, the only difference with a hardcover is you might have a dust jacket. So it, now your cover has, you know, those little flaps, if you will, that you need to add right. in. And, and you're looking at that point for a printer to do that for you. So, you know, so for me, I was, I knew that I was going to do a hardcover and I also knew that I was going to take that extra step and create a soft cover on Amazon because that's print on demand. It's easy for Mm -hmm. people to order. Right. Right. So, you know, you're, so you're right. It's, it's just kind of one of those things of what's, what's your commitment and, you know, what's, what's it going to do for you? Um, you know, yeah. I, I always believe a book, unless you're, you know, a, an incredible author and you're selling millions, you know, a book is really more a way to get your message out, credibility, and it's a standout factor. And it's worth, Mm -hmm. it's worth looking at and doing. Yeah, absolutely. Now we've talked about a few different things, your speaking and your book and the actual coaching and consulting that you do. Are those the main ways that you're generating revenue in your business or is there anything else that you have going on? Those are the three main things. And I stick to those. (laughs) I really stay focused on those three things. And truly, um, you know, the consulting is probably 50% of my revenue. Um, The speaking is probably about 45% and the book royalties is probably about 5%. Mm -hmm. Right. So I I still want to do, I still want to do the, the consulting because that's, and the coaching, because that's the laboratory. That's where I'm staying close to what's going on in the, in, you know, in my client's business, if you will. Mm -hmm. So what's next in your business? Are you content with where you are or are you looking to create anything new in the future? So my new thing is, um, working on fourth book number four. Oh, nice. (laughs) And so the topic, uh, don't have a title yet because I'm looking for that, you know, clever, catchy title right. like the other one. And, uh, but it's on profitability for the business owner on, you know, why, why you need to understand how to make profits in your business, um, to invest in that type of thing. So it's a little bit more niched down, but ultimately, um, the, what I'm looking for the future is to be the go-to person on time which is productivity mm-hmm. and money, which is profitability. Mm-hmm. So looking to, you know, kind of have the, the dual twin there, if you will. Right. But, um, yeah. So, uh, so that's what I'm working on. But, you know, I continue to do the speaking and continue to do the coaching and, um, that's, you know, what I, I do all day, every day, right? <laughs> exactly. So would you say that as far as a marketing strategy to, to kind of introduce 
new people to who you are and what you do that the speaking engagements are really probably your favorite thing? Yes. Yes. So with your speaking, do you let's dig into that just a little bit, because there's honestly, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. I've heard other people say that sometimes they go in and the idea is they just get paid by the company. They go in, they give their talk and maybe they'll have somebody, you know, reach out to them later. You know, other people say, you know, oh, no, go with associations. They're more invested. They're putting their own money up. You're going to get more, you know, individual clients that way. You know, do you look at it as the speaking is a way to get individual clients or are you more interested in the speaking is what I'm offering? That's my teaching. That's my training. I go into it. I'm going to consult with this business. I go in and speak and that's what they're getting from me. So I think it's an evolution. I think it's a process. And, and so I was unstoppable in looking for speaking engagements locally. And I would uh-huh. speak for free in front of business groups. So it could be chambers. It would be rotary. It would be, um, networking groups that were comprised of business owners. And I was looking for that kind of one, or that, you know, that individual business owner that needed, you know, coaching and continued, um, development in their business, right? So I would speak for free is kind of how I started out, right? Mm. Well, ultimately, um, I did get involved with the National Speaker Association and switched over kind of into what I call the professional speaking world, where mm. I would go into companies and I would get paid a fee and I would speak to a group of people that were, you know, in, in specifically in a company. So it was like I spoke to a group of franchisees, uh, business owners, um, and they paid me my fee. And then, um, you know, I, I did, you know, they all got copies of the book, right? But I didn't, you know, if I, if a franchise owner came up to me afterwards and said, hey, I want you to work with me in my specific business, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm, but that was, gotcha. but that was not the, why I was hired originally. Right. So I think right. there's, there's a lot of different models. Um, but sometimes just building your speaking message, sometimes speaking for free. And as I said, you know, a certain percent of the, of the audience, you're going to be speaking their language. They're going to come up to you and say, you know what? I want to know more about your consulting and coaching practice. Tell me about how you can help me. I've got this problem kind of thing. Um, so, you know, so there's a whole blend of, uh, you know, of ways to go about it. My current path right now is that I'm looking for speaking engagements at franchise companies so that I can be at their franchise conference so that I can and do breakout sessions with smaller groups of franchise owners. So I've really mm. niched it down because that's my ba- that was my background. Um, seven, you uh-huh. know, seventeen years in franchising. It really, I know that group. I'm really comfortable with it. I know what their problems are, and I know I can help them solve them. Right. So I think yeah. it goes back to looking at what your, you know, what your, what kind of groups are you comfortable in being in front of. Right. Right. Yeah. There's so many different nuances that you can, when you just talk about, oh, I'm a speaker, that can mean a whole lot of different things as a coach. Yes. There's just so many different 
different ways that you can work it and different things that you can try out. So I think that it's definitely something that coaches need to look into a little bit deeper. So knowing what you know now about building up a successful business, what would be one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's just getting started? Maybe something that they should do first if they want to build that foundation of a solid coaching business or maybe even is there anything you wish you had done first i th- i think that the tip that i would give is to make in to make sure that you truly understand the problems that your clients are experiencing and and mm-hmm. again i think niching down into a particular segment of who are you really looking for so example if you're a life coach that you're really niched down of what's the age group that i you know i really resonate with and what are the problems they're facing because somebody who is 55 is facing way different problems than you know somebody that's climbing the corporate ladder at age Age twenty five or thirty five, right? So, the, right. so the clearer you are on who your audience is and what their problems are, and you have it written out on paper, you know. And again, what then is your way to help solve that is powerful. And, and I think what you want to do is think about their problem in their words not your words. So you might, you know, you might listen in on, you know, how people are speaking about their problem and capture those words. When you capture those words and then use that in your marketing, it really will resonate with them. They'll say, oh, he or she really gets me because you're using the words that they would use. And I wish I had done that sooner in the sense that of really paying attention to my niche and my marketing words, because I think I would have attracted more clients in quicker. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense because a lot of times people sort of push back a little bit when you talk about niching down. But you have to realize that just because you niche down doesn't mean other people aren't going to be attracted to you as well. It just really helps you get super clear and super focused on the content that you're going to be putting out, the messaging that you're putting out. And like you said, even using some of those people's exact words in that content is really just going to, you know, just hit home with those people that are exactly the person that you're looking for. And it's also going to resonate with some of the people that that maybe aren't that very perfect ideal client, but it's going to resonate enough with other people that you're still going to be attracting a lot of people to you. Right. And, I, you know, I like the phrase, I specialize in X, whatever. So you can mm-hmm. say here, you know, as a coach, here's what I do, right? And here's how I so- help people solve problems or do things, whatever. But if you take it to that next level is, but I specialize in, you know, it really does it. And that, that defines your niche, if you will. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, it's like, okay, I know you specialize in this, but can you help, you know, I see you as a potential person to help me, um, you know, with my, my problem. I may not be your exact specialty, but they then have already identified you that they, that you get them and that, you right. know, cause that's what people want. They want somebody who understands them and then, and then wants your contribution as to how to help solve their problem. That's interesting because what it almost makes me feel like is if someone is attracted to you, to your message, to the type of person you are, to the vibe that you put out, 
you saying I specialize in productivity, that's not going to turn them away. Right. If they're, if they're attracted to you as a business, as someone who provides a service, just because you put a specialty down doesn't mean that they're going to be like, Oh, oh, well, I'll go somewhere else. No, they're, they're going to come and talk to you and they're going to see if you can help them with something that's related or it's, it's just one step to the left of that productivity or whatever. Exactly. So you shouldn't be afraid to do that. Right. Right. It, and it, it just tightens your message in, uh, out into the marketplace. You know, it really does. Right. Yep. You know, Lauren, this has been so good. And I have so enjoyed this conversation about books and speaking and coaching. I would love it if we could finish up with the final five rapid fire questions. Absolutely. What is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? Follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up. It is a lost art. And if you do it, it's a standout factor. What's one quality that you feel every successful coach needs to spend some time developing? Learning how to do active listening. Listen for what they're mm. saying and listen for what they're not saying. Recommend one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life. Oh, that is so hard because I read so many books. It really, truly is you know what's interesting is there's a book called The Tools of Titans um, right now by Tim Ferriss. It's a big book, and he um, did 200 podcasts with thought leaders of our time right now. And he then – so the book is not a transcript of the podcast, but it's really – it's the after discussion or before discussion with those thought leaders. And mm -hmm. he dedicates about two to three pages to each one of those 200 podcasts. So it's a big book, but you can mm. read Read it, put it down, read it, put it, you know, that kind of thing. And there are incredible nuggets of wisdom in there on a broad series of topics. Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. Great. Give us one online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without. I daily use uh, Voice Record Pro. And so what I do, Millette, is when I have a coaching session, I ask their permission to record the session. So if we're live and we're sitting across one another, um, it's an Apple. I, I go to the app store, download it on my iPhone, and it's called Voice Record Pro. But you can use any recording session uh, or any recording app. The and, and the reason for it is I say that I, I never use it for commercial purposes in any way, but it allows me to be in the conversation with that individual and not having to take notes because I do go back mm -hmm. and listen to it, and I encourage them to go back and listen to it as well, because there's some nuggets that come out of it when somebody will say something and it's like, oh, if I hadn't been recording it, I wished that I had. Um, so, and, and, mm. you know, so I do that in my live sessions. Um, and we also record if, you know, we're over the phone or, um, with Skype. But, um, to me, that's powerful because it really does, um, allow me to be fully present as a coach and tuned in to exactly what my client's saying. Yeah, that's a really good one. So finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? If they want to learn more about you, your business, what you're doing, your books, how can they get in touch? What social platforms are you on and what's your website? So my website is laurenmidgley.com. And um, I'm sure you'll have some show notes that'll have the actual spelling, correct? Um, mm -hmm. I'm on yes. Facebook and I'm on LinkedIn. And I'm on YouTube. I've got YouTube videos on productivity set up. 
And um, that's really kind of the best way to connect with me. And I would love to connect with any of your listeners in any way that they need. And my email is lauren at laurenmidgley.com. Great. All right. Well, I will be sure to get all of those links and recommendations onto the show notes page. This has been such a great conversation. Lauren, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I love the opportunity. I love meeting you and talking to you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to join me next Monday for another inspiring interview. But wait, before you go, I've got a question for you. Are you ready to take action on all the great strategies today's guests shared, but you're not quite sure where to start? I've got you covered with my new action episodes, where I break down how you can implement all their best tips and tricks. Get immediate access to this exclusive free content when you become part of the Unstoppable Coach community. Simply go to unstoppablecoach.co to join or text COACH to 345-345.